Next Chapter Podcasts. Hey, welcome back to another show of Thick Skin with Jock and Hawk. I'm your boy, Double J, Jock Jones. And I'm Latroy Hawkins. This show is called Thick Skin because you have to have thick skin to be in the spotlight. Whether you're a professional athlete like me and Hawk who played in the big leagues or you're an entertainer, the media will come after you. So you better be ready. We're here to tell it like it is, correcting the media when they get it wrong and dive deep into the world of sports, all sports and entertainment from an athlete's perspective. We're getting ready to bring you another great show here for you today. So make sure you subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready, Hawk? I'm ready to rock and roll. This is going to be a good episode. Let's get going. All right. What's up, Double J? Good to be back. We took last week off. The holidays and how was your Christmas? Man, my Christmas was good. I had the kiddos in town, little Jordan and Jock Jr. And it's been a while since they've been in town together. So I enjoyed them for about two weeks. Oh, two weeks? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. I love yeah. it. I know moms was pretty happy to have the grandbabies in town. I was loving every minute of it, my brother. I was loving every minute of it. All right. Let's jump right into it. The hot stuff on the stove today is Mr. Russell Wilson and what he's going through in Denver. How about that, man? I knew when it came out, I knew when it came out, it smelled like shit. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't right. It just, it smelled like a, a, a bag of, it smelled like, I went to Gary this weekend, I drove, and Troy, did, so she cooked some shrimp and left the shrimp in the garbage and then she left. So when I walked in the house, that's what the Denver shit sounded like. It smelled like. <laughs> It was gross. It was spoiled. Even even before we got the details, it just didn't smell right. Man. Now the media get to go around sniffing. They're trying to sniff and trying to sniff out the truth. Right. And voila, it comes out. After he beat Kansas City Chiefs in week eight. <laughs> and then they tell the lie, we're trying to spark our offense. Yeah. Trying to spark your offense. Well, why did you tell them after they beat the defending Super Bowl champions? Yeah. Uh, that that hog, you talk about stinking. That's just been stinking since since uh, the preseason when uh, Peyton came in and just wanted to clean house and wanted to have a clean slate and told Russell Wilson he couldn't have his people in the building. And he took his parking space and he said his trainer couldn't hang out and he just you know he wanted to make him a part of the fifty uh, three man roster again. And so ever since then, it just just hasn't gone right for Russell Wilson and. And in his defense, I was, I was looking at some stats earlier, and he's having his best season since, shoot, I'd say 2021, uh, where his passer rating is up over 95. He's, he's got, you know, uh, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, the team had got back to right around 500. You know, he was starting to make plays and use his legs again. And then he says he's looking for a spark <laughs> to, to, you know, help his team get over the top. What, what more of a spark are you looking for? They knew it wasn't right, and I guess as of a couple of days ago, it the report came out by Ryan Clark that the NFL is investigating, and the union is involved with it now. and And I was sitting this weekend, I was talking to some some of my friends in Indiana, and we were talking about the situation. I'm like, fellas, their union is going to have to do something. The way they handled this was unprofessional. It was unprofessional. Yep. Not only don't do you not do any player like that, you don't do a 
a quarterback like that. Yeah. Especially one who's been around and, and done some of the things that he's done, right? He's done just as many things as Sean Payton. They both got one Super Bowl. They, they both got one one each. So, you know, he did just as much for the game as Sean Payton did. But when you think about it, from the beginning, yeah, it didn't seem like Sean Payton and Russell Wilson were on the same page. He wasn't his quarterback. Right. And I don't know at what point, and, you know, I always say this, I don't, I don't like really getting into the weeds with other sports. Yeah. But, you know, I have an opinion because whatever goes on in another sport, especially when it comes to coaches, players, yep. I think that shit is universal. It is. I remember having a conversation with one of my managers, mm-hmm. uh, Renicky in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. about a situation where he took me out of the game and brought in another right-hander to face a lefty. Yep. And I was better against lefties anyway. My splits were... You know, I did pretty good against left. He brought in a guy who was getting lefties were hitting like 350 over him. And he he tried to tell me to my face that we planned out that move before the game. Right. And I called him a liar to his face. You're lying, dude. You're lying. I mean, talk to me straight. Be transparent. I can handle the truth. Tell me you don't like me. Tell me why. I might apologize. I might apologize. And I just might not. But give me the opportunity. Let me know what I did to you that was disrespectful or rubbed you the entire wrong way. And there's something that fractured that, that relationship between Peyton and Russell. Maybe they never had one, but he's talking about not his quarterback. Bro, when you're paying a guy over $100 million, whether you like it or not, he's your quarterback. <laughs> whether you like it, he's your quarterback. So I don't get it. And I think the fact that Peyton has an eagle that big and he's a coach, yep. It smells like the shrimp that was left in the garbage at my Bro, house. And I said, I said to a, a friend of mine today, I guarantee you he wouldn't have done Von Miller that way on national television. I guarantee you he wouldn't have gotten Von Miller's face on national television and undress him like he did. And even if he did, Von Miller wouldn't have the same reaction as Ru- uh, Russell Wilson had towards him on national television. That And I don't know Von Miller personally, but I know enough of him to know that wouldn't have happened. He's a defensive end, so I'm sure it probably would have been a little bit more aggressive than Russell just. You know, Russell, you know, he processing the situation, being a quarterback. He processing it. He he ran the pros and the cons. He's calculated, analytical. I I wouldn't even go that. You give him not too much credit. He knows who he could do that to. Sean Payton knows who he could do that to. And Russell Wilson was a guy that he could do it to. You're right. Coaches know. They know. Coaches. They have a pulse on the locker room, bro. They know who they can talk to and and get away with stuff from, and they know who they can't. They know. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't know Sean Payton, you know, because I'm not really a football fan like that. I'm a Patrick Mahomes slash Kansas City Chiefs fan, so – but I've I've watched football throughout the years, and it's just when coaches have egos. He's got a big one. Coaches have egos. Mm-hmm. They have a problem because at the end of the day, it's not about the coaches. It's about the players. It's not about the announcers. It's about the players. It's not about the media. It's not. It's about the players. It's not about the. It's not about the locker room attendance. It's about the players, and you have to have leaders on your team. And you have to let them lead. 
You can't try to control everything. Certain certain managers can, certain managers can, but majority of them can't because the ego the ego is too big. And the ones that the ones that do lead like that do it in a more tactful way than this guy does it. A more tactful way, I like that. A much more tactful way, but it's um it's a little disheartening to to see it go down like that for Russell. Yep. Um, because last year we don't need to tell Russell he played bad. Russell know he played bad. You know, we don't need to remind him of that. He knows. He knows. But I also have I have a little empathy for the young man because he went from playing in one system his entire his entire career. He gets traded, and now he got different pieces, skill players. You know, different offense. Everything's different. Should have been that bad. I don't know. I'm not NFL NFL quarterback, but I do know his his athletic ability didn't deteriorate that fast. No, and and again, like I pointed out earlier, he he actually played better this season than he had played in a while, right? But here's the other thing: you say you have empathy for him, and I, in a way, I do have empathy for him, but I don't, right? Because regardless of the situation, and and it came out that he's well, I don't know. It came out on his end that they wanted they wanted him to renegotiate his contract, right? To take out the part of where he got hurt, and he received a certain amount of money, forty two some forty something million dollars, right? And he he basically told him to go shit in the hat, right? I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm two times, it, right? And, and people talk about you know organizations honoring their contract and athletes honoring their contract when things don't go the way that they're supposed to go, right? So. I don't have empathy for him because regardless of that situation, uh, my mom told me this. I was in Chicago and, and something similar happened to me where I wasn't playing, right? And, and I'm pissed off and I'm talking to her about it. And she goes, listen, she goes, let me ask you a question. I go, okay. She goes, um, you're not playing, right? I go, yeah. And she goes, has your check been late? I said, no. She said, does your check show up every two weeks? I said, yeah. She says, okay, I know you. I know you want to play. Stay ready to play because your time's going to come again. But until then, until your checks don't show up every two weeks on time, then you have a reason to be pissed off. But if your checks show up, show up for work, don't be a problem, collect your money. Right? So therefore, I don't feel sorry for him because regardless of whether he plays or not, he's gonna his contract was guaranteed. Well, I feel sorry that somebody with his, his accomplishment in the game has to go through go at this late in his career he has to deal with a sh- a shithead of a coach that's where my empathy comes in for him mm-hmm. because he has a he has to deal with what he had to deal with yep um and I also have empathy empathy for the young man because everybody's taking they always taking shots at Russell man because he's a nice guy they act like nice is a bad freaking thing these days and it's not like what's wrong with that What's wrong with him loving his wife? That's what you're supposed to do. What's wrong with that? And people make it seem like it's just so, I guess it's not the norm anymore. So he's like, he's like a unicorn and people don't like, you know, they don't believe in unicorns. So I guess, I guess that's what it is about Russell. But I like Russell. I like the way he carries himself. Uh, He's a very good quarterback. And I think he's, he's like any other professional athlete. It's okay. Have a down year. It's okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We don't know what he was going through last year. Hell, he could have been hurt. We don't know. Yeah, we talked about that. We covered that in, in, in a, a, a couple shows. Yeah, we don't know what was going on with him. But we can get into – we'll transition 
you know, from that to the new MLB uh, rules change, the um, running lane. Yep. What do you have on? Uh, this is something that's been a long time coming because no one really knows how to 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 rule it. And they 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 have this line there, and oh, he was on the grass, or oh, he was too far inside, or oh, he the ball hit him in the back. Like no one knows really knows how to enforce this rule. So do away with it. Do if, if the guy's on the dirt and he gets hit by a ball, if you get hit by a ball running in the second baseline or the third baseline or whatever, the ball's live. So what makes first base any different than second, third, or home? Right? There's no difference. Now, if you go out of your way, that's different. But if you're running up the line and you get hit in the back with the ball or they don't have a clear lane to the to the base, that's on them. One game it gets called, one game it doesn't get called. You know what I'm saying? So, like, no one really knows how to enforce this rule. So the best way, I believe, is just to do away with it. Right. So the running lane rule, officially rule 5.09 a one states that a runner is out when he runs outside of the 45-foot lane and in the umpire's judgment. That is the key. Yep. At, that is the key in this whole this rule. Yep. It's the umpire at the umpire's judgment, at the umpire's discretion. So that's why sometimes you see it being called, sometimes it doesn't. Interferes with the infielder's ability to catch a throw. The runner is permitted outside of that three-foot wide lane for his last step to the base. So how do you I don't I don't get if you're running trying to beat out and feel hit and your last step is when you're permitted outside of that three foot wide lane. It makes no sense. And I think for me, I always say rules are always made when you have rules like this. They're made by people who never ran to first base. Just like the NFL. What's a catch rule? I'm sure. That room never caught an NFL pass. Right. Catch. And it's also the way the rule was made, it was made for a, a specific reason, right? But as you go along, you can interpret it to, to, to mean something totally different than what it was originally put into place for, right? So, right. like, <laughs> you can, like, I can run down the line and kind of, hit my shoulder up like this to try to deflect the throw, I'm in the baseline. Right? right? Are you going to call me sure. out because I hitch, hitch my shoulder up to try to knock the ball away? You know what I'm saying? So it, it's like it, it's up for their interpretation, but they interpret it a million different ways. So what what is – it should be one rule so that when it happens, everybody knows, hey, man, this is what happened. This is what the rule is. If it's not this, then – Continue play. Right. Um, you know, I'm last year when the new rules were implemented, I, I'm after the season, I can say I'm okay with all except for the one. The amount of times a pitcher can throw the first base. Yeah. 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 I'm still not on board with that. I think it puts the defense, it puts the pitcher at a disadvantage. It does. It takes away all the strategy. Um I do know the guys throwing the first base trying to, you know, stop a, a potential go-ahead run, getting an extra 90 feet. Yeah. I think that the fact that we're playing faster with the pitch clock should negate that, negate that, that rule in itself. Absolutely. I think it should. Absolutely. Yep. So the the pitch timer, with the base, nobody on base is being re reduced from 20 seconds to 18 seconds. Yes. I like it because 
MLB did a great job of speeding everybody up this year. Right. And speeded everybody. Everybody got, hey, we're all on the same, hey, we're all on the same clock. It's not like they're doing the Twins this way and not doing the Astros this way or doing the Padres that way or the Doyers. It's universal. Yep, it's universal. I'll say this again. In spring training this year, I told every guy that was in Major League Camp that was a pitcher, don't complain. Nope. You got six weeks to work on yep. it. Minor League is in 2022. They had zero days to work on it. Hey, this is what's going to happen at the minor league level. And guess what? You don't get a spring training to learn how to speed yourself up if you need that. On the fly. On the fly. Game start in two days, figure it out. So I don't want to hear not one big leaguer complaining about, oh, it's messing up my timing. I can't do this. You know, I'm going to feel like I'm in a hurry. Figure it out. This is a game of adjustments. Those who make adjustments survive. Those who don't make adjustments, they get the pink slip. And they're reducing the visits to the mound from five to four. Yep. Now, with this rule, I'm a little on the fence about it mm-hmm. um, because I think there are certain situations towards the end of the game that warrant um, an extra mound visit yep. just to make sure everybody's on the same page, um, understand what, what pitch we want to throw, um, you know, what we need to be to home plate to make sure this guy doesn't steal second, make sure he doesn't steal third. You know, just so many things that can go on that determine whether you can win or lose a ball game. There's little small things too, but I think those are conversations that need to be had at certain times. And I think taking one away from the from the team that's, you know, in that situation, I think it puts them at a disadvantage like the pick to first. My opinion. What do you got on the job? Um I I'll, I would differ from you on that one a little bit, and and not because I'm a hitter, uh, and you're a pitcher, but because, I mean, that's what scouting report to, reports are for, uh, uh, knowledge of the game. That's what that's for. I mean, you're a big leaguer. You know who can run and who can't, and who how you pitch. You face these guys enough to know how you should pitch an individual, right? Sometimes you don't get the matchup you want, but. Now it's your strength against his strength, or your strength against his weakness. But I think if they're going to allow the the players mm-hmm. to congregate without a coach, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. But still, like I know we're big leaguers, I know we know what's going on. But if I'm in the eighth inning, I got man on second and third, and you're coming up to hit Jock, mm-hmm. and you wasn't in my scouting report. And then they throw Jock left-handed little self in there, and I'm like, "Damn!" Now it kind of it kind of throws me for a loop. So having a your pitching coach come out in that situation, big moment in the game. Yeah, big moment in the game. And even if I did, I did do my homework, and they told me my bullpen goes, "Hey, if Jock Jones come in to pinch hit for so and so, this is how you face him." Well, when I get out there, I didn't face two guys. I'm so mentally locked in. Those two guys, I might need a reminder. Hey, just you know, just a, a refresher. We're gonna pitch Josh, Jock in, sliders down and in. Anything middle away, he's gonna do some damage. So stay away from the middle away. Like, okay, just a little refresher. Hey, the 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 catcher can do that also. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, if the coach come out, I just, you know, just. But I like that they're putting the putting the game in a player's hand. I'll take that. I guess I can take that. I can think. And that's where I'm at with it is the catcher. The catcher should the catcher out of all people should know who's on the on the roster and who's left and who 
you know, who's capable of doing what. And so, like you said, hey, five to four, figure it out. Figure it out. And this last rule, I think the MLB is doing just a little too much. And it's the rule where if when guys are on base, a pitcher has to go from the stretch because of the hybrid delivery situation that guys have implemented over the last few years. And it, it cuts it, it cuts out any of the confusion. And for me, I don't think I've seen enough of the guys with the hybrid delivery to really have an opinion on it. But again, I think it's a little overreach. And because many pitchers prefer the wind up with two outs and the runners on third, yep. they do. Like I was just something that, you know, they did, especially the starters. Not many relievers, but the starters. It's, you know, they're more comfortable in the in the wind up. And why shouldn't you be in your most comfortable, you know, delivery when you know you got two outs? Yeah, I, I'm I'm off I'm off that one. Well, I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm off that one. Yeah, MLB shouldn't litigate how you know what a pitcher does, whether he goes from the stretch or the wind up. I mean, I think that's up to the uh, each individual, but I can see their issue a little bit, and I think it should be more individual specific right when those guys are on the mound i think that's a conversation that you've had in spring training umpires and you go to the like they do with any other rule when they, they go to the managers and the coaches and they talk about certain guys like his pickoff move and all that stuff so i think that should have been and maybe it was maybe that's part of the the conversation you know we wasn't privy to but i'm okay with a lot of the rules i mean as mad as Fans were and all that last year going into the season. I actually think MLB got it right. I think they got it right. Right? Yeah. They, they got, got it right. And that's impressive because that's hard to do. That's hard to do. And because sometimes, you know, majority of the time as ex-players and as current players, it don't look like they get it right. No, like just leave the game alone. And why mess up the game? It's It's, it's going great. And then, you know. Something like this happens, and you're like, okay, all right. I like it. All right, moving on to a former Tiger Scout is suing the team. Yeah. Alleged age discrimination. Yeah. Claiming a false stereotype that older scouts lack acumen for using new tools, analytics, and video. Yep. Scouting. Yep. So I'm interested in how that turns out simply because a lot of the older scouts were pushed out the game because of because of said inability to adapt to the rap soto, the track mans and the hit tracks and all that stuff. So do I think the scout has a legitimate case? Yes. If he doesn't have a legitimate case, he's gonna he's gonna have a whole courtroom full of older scouts there to testify. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I think it's sad because older scouts bring something to the game that's always been needed, and that's the gut feeling and the ability to see things with their eyes. And when you don't have to go out and scout guys, you can just look at video and scout them. I think that it's doing a disservice to people who actually brought the game forward to where it is now. And it's almost like 
they brought it forward just to hand it off to some people who don't know what the hell they're talking about sometimes. It, it's doing a disservice to your organization when you when you scout from a video as opposed to going into the stadium or, or you know, wherever to see a guy play and to see a guy do a thing. You're, you're hindering your organization because video doesn't always catch everything, <clears throat> right? So right. when when we were coming through, right, they would send guys two or three, four series ahead to, to look at us and, and see – you know, what tendencies we have, what we were doing, what we couldn't do, what we couldn't hit, who we couldn't get out. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, they compiled this information weeks before you'd play. And then once you got there, you had this information, like, boom, this is what I've seen for two or three weeks. Right? Video didn't, didn't necessarily pick up all of that. I mean, you see, oh, he's throwing the ball over the plate. Maybe he's throwing a curveballs. What is that, a split? Is it a, a, a change up? Is it a, a, what is it? I don't know. But in person, you can identify exactly what the heck it is. And you can see if he's tipping. You can see if he's, all kinds of stuff that you can see in person. So I think it's doing a disservice um, to the organization as a whole to not have these guys <clears throat> in the stadium doing the job that, that they were going to do. Yeah, so why do you think teams are so adamant about being so analytical when it's it's clear as day that it's debatable. It's definitely debatable and there's nothing wrong with having a the eye test and the analytics, the yeah. gut feeling and the analytics. Yeah. The I've in this situation before and this is what happened in the analytics. Why is it why is it why is analytics being shoved down throats um i think part of the part of it is is what what it's funny because i know randy johnson okay and i've had conversations with him over the last couple of years about this exact same thing and i kind of knew it was coming down the pipe but um these guys are giving their younger cohorts jobs right and they're taking these jobs away from these guys who have been around and, and kind of like the Sean Payton thing where, okay, these are my guys. I'm going to bring my guys in. And I'm going to bring my guys in who know, you know, this system that I want to implement. Right? Like, it, it can it can work together. It can mesh together if they would allow it to mesh together. But they don't want to hear the other side of, hey, man, like my gut says. Right? And then if their gut's right, they don't want to acknowledge that the gut was right. They'll say, oh, well, this number, these numbers say this was going to happen and boom, it happened, right? But but to me, analytics is a glorified word for matchups and I've been saying that forever. And matchups have been a part of this game since the beginning of time. And analytics is a glorified word for matchups. I mean, we... we, we we get the paperwork. We get st the statistics before every game, every series. They're basing it off of that, right? They've been doing this. They've been doing that forever. But now they 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 put lipstick on a pig, and now they call it analytics. Lipstick on a pig. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, then they they come up with with all these different oh launch angles and all this, and then they put it into a, a system, and they split all these probabilities and I know one thing I don't think any computer program can spit out more probabilities than Tom Kelly or Dusty nope. Baker or nope. Tony Russa. Nope. 
Can't they've seen more? They've seen more baseball than they've forgotten more baseball than they've seen. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's just like like Dusty would say, man. Hey, I, I I've seen this situation unfold before. I know what's going to happen. Like trust me, just like I trust you. Trust me on some of these situations because I've seen this person before. I think that's an issue with a lot of the people who are and. Listen, you know, we can be on this podcast, be as controversial as we want to be, but I'm not knocking any of the guys that that are being hired into baseball. I'm not. All I'm asking these specific individuals to actually take in consideration that the guy played the game. He played the game at a high level and he was successful. And he had to think about some of the... It, there was some thinking going into it. There was some a process. There was some scouting. There were some some tendencies that I saw in different hitters or hitters saw in, in my delivery that made the game just a little easier for them when we were competing against each other. Take that into consideration. Take it into consideration because I'm taking your analytics into consideration because I can look at some an- analytics. You can tell me what they mean. I can easily tell you they don't mean a a pile of beans but I'm going to listen and try to figure out how I can match that what you just gave me with a real life experience and when I see it again I can say yes those two match up they run in parallel together and I get that right Right. it's it's the other thing dude is like I learned more baseball by running sprints before an actual game right you know, we run sprints and we meet up with the other players from the other team out and we talk baseball and like, man, you know, I, I see this, right? Like, and you're like, damn, I didn't even think about that. Or they'll say, hey, man, how come this guy's not playing? Like, every time I see him, he does something good. Like, why? Well, how come he's not playing? Like, I'd rather, I'd rather face him than him. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm glad he's not playing because, shoot, like, he does damage. So, like, the players know who can play and who can't. And it differs from who the organization thinks can play and who can't. That's true. That the is players true. Players know who can play, man. You know, the pitchers, pitchers all the time, like, piss a pitcher off and they're going to tell you what they, how they really feel about you. Oh, man, I'll get this guy out easy by doing this, this, and that. You know what I'm saying? Or a hitter will tell, "Oh man, shit, he's horse shit." <laughs> I, hey, I'll pay. I'll I'll send a black card to make sure he gets to the ballpark. Lasorda, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, I'll send a black card. Hey, I'm gonna send a black card again. Make sure he gets to the ballpark, please. And and it can mesh. It can really mesh if these guys really. You know, and I don't want to say they're on a high horse, but if these guys could really want this game to advance more than it, it is, like they got to find a way to mesh it. Yeah, and it's coming it's, back because guys like Bruce Bruce Bochy are coming back from off the rocking chairs. You know what I'm saying? They're coming back from off the rocking chairs to win World and win championships, win World Series, bro. So obviously they know what's going on. Yeah. That's true. They're smart enough to take from the analytics. Absolutely. I think are important and add, sprinkle that, like they say, with, with imp- what's important to them, putting the players in the best position where they can and, be successful. And that's what you should do. Put, put players 
in the best position possible to help the team win. I like that. I like I I think that's that's simple enough, but yet that's so complicated. Of course. Simple but complicated. Of course. Before we get out of here, speaking of thick skin, and I, I don't, I don't want to get out of here before we touch on this a little bit, Hawk. Let's talk about David Tepper, the owner for the for the Panthers, the guy who threw the the coke or whatever he threw on the fan for saying whatever he said, right? Like we got to own. They talk about like the players not going to the stands or the players not acknowledging the the, the people in the stands, but here's an owner. Here's an owner who, who who got fed up with whatever it was he was hearing, and maybe it was the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was lack of respect, and I and I'm thinking like, do I hold him at a higher standard than I hold the players or I hold the fans? Of course, because the thing that comes from when athletes like like when the the uh, who was that the Eagles? Uh, yeah, Defense. early in the season when the when the Eagles guy was going up in the stands, right? Oh, be the bigger person. You can't do that, right? We hold you to a higher. You should. You should be able to turn the other cheek. Now, here this is 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 the owner who who stands behind being the bigger person and turning the other cheek, and you can't do that to becoming who he telling these guys not to be. Correct. And I look at it. He's human. Of course, we're all human. The moment got the best of him. But that's okay. Like I'm not, but I'm not cool with his backhanded apology. That's what I'm not cool about. That's what I'm not cool about because we can all make mistakes. Yep. And you can apologize, and as we know in our society, when you apologize, people seem to, you know, get all fuzzy again. They feel all fuzzy. Absolutely. Backhanded his backhanded apology, <laughs> which is <laughs> you can. You can explain what he said. I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday, was Tepper's statement. I should have let the NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. He didn't apologize to the fan. Nope. Didn't apologize to the fans organization that he owns his own his own organization or the players. Yep. He's trying to set a good example. That's my issue with him. Not that he did it. You might get caught for sure. Home, but you got to apologize. Hey, the players have to do it when they do, when they do things like this. What makes the owner above something that he expects out of his own players? You're right. I guess because. He don't have to apologize because he had a three hundred thousand dollar fine. Well, That's enough apology in his book. Well, he doesn't have to apologize because he writes the checks and can't nobody fire him. <laughs> now that's a whole whole another conversation. <laughs> well, I always think about the the Clippers owner. Yeah, yeah, but hey, man. Yeah, yeah, but he writes the checks, but they they ran him out of his organization, and whatever he said. Whatever it was said, he said he was in his own house when he said it. Yeah. But that's another conversation, too. But he was in his own house. Like, everybody says some shit in their house that that get them in trouble. I say that all the time. <laughs> 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 they shut all these leagues down. We had cameras and, and microphones inside people's houses. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man. You're right. It could be a problem. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot of people be in trouble. Yep. 
You know, what he said was terrible, but he said in the conference, his own home. Don't nobody pay the mortgage at that, that damn place but him. Exactly. And for somebody to come in, a stranger come in and, and video, I mean, and, you know, tape it. That's, I don't, I think that's, I think that's not fair. It's, I think that's not, it's not fair. It's not, man. It's not, it's not fair. But guess what? Life's not that's fair. Right. That's right. Life's not fair. Uh, live, ex- live an example. <laughs> <laughs> Well, appreciate everyone tuning in. You get a chance to tune you tuning in for the first time. Please hit the subscribe button. Come check us out as early and often as possible. And it's another great night here with Jock and Latroy. And we'll see you another time. Next chapter podcasts.